Midweek Muscle Podcast. Midweek. The Midweek Muscle Podcast starts now. Hey, good people. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. This is Jay-Z bringing you your dose of the Midweek Muscle. And I can't tell you how happy I am, good people, to be home. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be home. Uh, And you have found me in the midst of not only making it home, where's home, you might ask, Cincinnati, Ohio. Happy to be home. Uh, But life has taken me on the road the last couple of weeks, and I've been shouting those places out, so might as well tell you where I'm from or where where home is. Uh, it's It's so funny because sometimes I get a little iffy about sharing that information, but it's like, man... If I decided to publicly broadcast, then I need to be open publicly to sharing locations. (laughs) I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So you have found me in the midst of going from echoey rooms to now back in my humble abode, but with a nice little summer sinus infection. I mean, uh, when I was in Louisiana and Florida, um, I wasn't plagued by any sort of allergens, uh, the benefit of being down South. And, uh, I stopped taking my, uh, allergy medication. And literally, as soon as I stepped off the plane back home, I was sneezing everywhere. And I think my body was just like shock. <laughs> and, it, and so now you find me all stuffy. The environment is right, the sound is right, and now I'm stuffy. Go figure, right? Um, So good morning. I'm so happy to be bringing you the cast that is original time. Uh, Wednesdays have never left me, but the last couple of weeks I've had to record at different times throughout the day, just given the surroundings and the setups and what was happening. So thank you, good people, for sticking in there with me. I really appreciate you. Um, But yeah, uh, so... A couple quick things before I jump into this week and last week and what happened and how we finished out the week, etc. Is uh, let's give it up uh, first of all for the people who uh, decided to show uh, to to drop in for with us for the first time. Thank you. Woo! We salute you. Um, you know, I I'm always so shocked and taken aback when someone's like, "How do I find you? Where do I listen?" and I'm always like, dang, for real, you want to listen? I was just telling you what I do for real. Um, and so it always takes me aback when someone's willingly wanting to look me up in real time uh, while I'm standing next to them or something I'm like, click, I subscribed. I'm going to start listening. Like, wow, like you have no, it's the little things, people. I, I'm just thrown by the little things. Um, so if you're joining me new for the first time, thank you. I welcome you. I salute you. This podcast was created to really help people just discover how to get through those obstacles, like redefine what it is that they're passionate about and how to obtain that through the challenges of life. So, um, and that's a a condensed version of it, uh, because I don't want to keep you guys too long this morning. Uh, but you know, if if y'all been with me, good people, y'all already know we've been on an emotional roller coaster these last couple of weeks, right? Because there's been a lot going on. So, um, uh, 
shout out to the the USA World Cup women's uh women's soccer team for winning the FIFA World Cup. Oh my gosh, that was a mouthful. I have been watching for the last couple of weeks, just watching soccer, watching soccer as best I could. You know, the 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 rounds are long, so uh, but it's been so much excitement. It's almost like a mini Olympics. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch, but like the hype that the teams do, the the level of grit that they get out there on the field with, I just, just understanding more and more of the game of soccer because I never played is that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, um, the players have to stay on the field uh, until they're subbed out which is generally in the back part of the the time frame. So they're they're going rounds of like ninety five minutes, I do believe, on that field for ninety five minutes or ninety minutes somewhere in there. Um, and subs are only allowed once. So once you sub someone out, that's it. So if you're a star player in these realms, then you gotta go for as long as you can go and get knocked down and get punched out and get kicked in the face or get a mild concussion. Well, maybe mild concussion, they might pull you off for that. Uh, but for as long as you can go, you gotta go. So again, uh, these women have won their fourth world cup, truly a feat. I think it's the first time ever. And it's just a model and a representation of excellence. And I think at that point, excellence has to be a habit, not just something you stumble upon. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but excellence as a habit, it produces results like that. But in order for you to get to that result, you got to get beat up because trust me, watch one of the games like it. It looks brutal out there, and uh, I'm sure a real soccer player can give you more of the ins and outs on that and what that looks like from day to day. Hey, maybe I should try to track someone down. Hey, mental note. Okay, I'll try to do that. Um, Another sports shout out, Corey Golf, or let's give it up for Co-Co. I don't know if you guys have seen this powerhouse, but she is... Possibly a young tennis prodigy. Like, no joke. Now, okay, there are a lot of wins that she should celebrate outside of beating Venus Williams. Venus Williams, excellent tennis player, but at this stage in the game, Venus is a little older for the sport and therefore, you know, for me, and this is truly opinion, uh, you know, for someone to beat Venus at this phase is is still like Venus is still in tip top shape. Uh, don't get me wrong, but for someone to beat her is an amazing feat. But also, you know, Venus is coming on the decline of her athleticism, and and at at the competitive at that true competitive level. Um, like some of the, uh, older teens or the younger twenties, I mean, ask any gymnast and they will tell you the prime years 
are like early 20s is late for a gymnast uh, because of the flexibility of your bone structure. So again, tennis with the knees and, and the constant body shifting, uh, she beat Venus, an excellent, excellent player. Uh, so she should be incredibly proud, but I am more proud of the other matches that she has accelerated through, um, given the experience that they have had and the tip-top shape that they are in. And they may not be names you know, but it's just, again, like Venus is the big name that you know, but I'm proud of her for accelerating through matches of people with the same, if not more refined aptitude of the sport and at the same tip-top shape. So if you haven't had a chance yet, look her up, Corey Goff. Or Coco, we'll be shouting Coco in this household for a little bit because we want her to do well. She's a great representation of being a young athlete, just being young and being herself and still representing that excellence. Like, I love it. I love it. Um, I could probably take a few pages out of that book because y'all remember last week, Florida, I was there for my son's Taekwondo tournament and, um, I think I was like, I, I don't want to say this, uh, you know, to downplay my kid, but parents, you know, your children. Um, I think I was more into it than my, my son in the fact of, in the competitive way, my son was out there doing his best that he said he could do, but he was on a national stage y'all. And there's a lot of eyes, thousands of eyes looking at you try to do your best. And I know my heart was all up on that floor with him. Um, one, for the execution of his uh, forms, uh, we he just weaseled out of, um, he didn't place, he didn't medal this year like he did last year. Um, so he, uh, somebody took his title. Uh, and, and that was a little disappointing, uh, simply for the fact that I, you know, just because you work hard and I said this last cast, just because you work hard, doesn't mean you're guaranteed to win. And, and so that's what our setup looked like last week. Um, then we fast forward to Saturday, you know, the, the event hadn't transpired by the time I recorded last week and, uh, we had to spar, which is fighting. And when I tell you this kid works out, this kid works out. This kid is eight years old doing burpees, crunches, push-ups, uh, pull-ups, all these things. His, 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 his strength, he's strong. And he goes out there against a kid like maybe two inches taller than him, which is pretty big at that age. And he like froze. And so I'm out here thinking, what the hell? What did you just do? Like, you know, I'm one of those. At that point, I was like the helicopter mom. Like, you need. The little lady was walking up telling me, ma'am, you need to move. You need to move. Get out there and kick us. You know, like I was very much into it. I'm glad I didn't get kicked out of the venue. Lady, if you ever find yourself stumbling upon this and you identify that it was me, that was the one that was telling you that you need to move. I'm sorry. I was just into it. Um, But yeah, like I just. <clears throat> There was a moment that occurred between me and my boy that just simply put him in the level of, or put us in the realm of, do you really want to do this? And he, he's with tears in his eyes, he said, yes. I said, well, what happened, buddy? 
And he says, I don't know. And so for me, it, it lets me know that he was in it to do the best he could, but he also reacted to the, the crowd. It was overwhelming. And um, I have to be mindful that my push is not his push. And so, I, you know, I had to take some hands off. And so we walked away without a medal at Nationals this year. And it's not about the medals. It's about the experience and what I learned. Um, and he learned a lot. Um, and he, you know, I said, when we get back home, we'll take a week break or two or three or however long you need. And when we get back into it, we're back into it. Uh, but again, it's just seeing that on my kid's face and understanding like my will for him was so much stronger than what he was able to produce. It almost was just disappointing sheer, just because of the sheer expectation that I had placed on him for his hard work. And that can happen and it happens quickly. And sometimes it happens unwillingly, which sort of takes me into my point for this week, good people. So hang in there with me. My point again is simply this, is that that whole idea of two formulas and I'll, and I'll lay them out here. E greater than R equals D. And the second formula, E less than R equals S. What the heck are you talking about, Jay-Z? All right. Expectation greater than reality equals disappointment. And when you really think about that, it is true in every single facet of your life. If you have a greater expectation than what your reality is currently producing or has a past pattern or cycle of producing, you will always be disappointed. Why? Because we have great expectations, not just of ourselves, but if you're also a parent of your children, um, but we have great expectations of ourselves. And so what happens when I didn't say the right thing or I was late for a really important meeting or coffee spilled on my suit or I didn't land that big gig or I was laid off and the income that I was expecting is no longer consistent. We do this in every single facet of our lives. I just gave out a few examples, but when we have a high expectation and our reality doesn't match that expectation, we're always disappointed. Here's a second formula. Expectation less than reality equals satisfaction. Okay, so let's talk about it. Does that mean your expectations lowered? Not necessarily. It is that your reality has presumed itself to meet some of the expectations that you have, which means hard work, right? Um, so if you lower your expectations, that's something. And I mean, that can happen. You, you, you lowering your standard. And, and, and in some cases, we need that. 
For instance, if you're single and you're trying to date and you expect somebody to, through their busy lifestyle, uh, have a whole lot of money and throw rose petals at your feet every single day that you walk around them, that's a high expectation. Should you change it? Well, I can't be the one to tell you to change it. But if you expect that, then part of your reality might be disoriented because who do you currently know in your circle or in your close bubble that has rose petals thrown at their feet when they walk? Okay, so that's just, that is a very lofty example, but we can all think of things in our current lives where we may have an expectation that may be just a tad out of reach or a tad extreme. And so we may need to bring it down a few notches. And I just got done sharing how I had a higher expectation for my son at a national platform without realizing boom, he's just eight years old. That's the reality. People get stage fright at 50. (laughs) People don't even make it to national platforms. And, you know, okay, so again, you get the gist. So anytime you have an expectation, if your reality supersedes or is better than that expectation, you are always satisfied. And so again, Just like the first formula, we can think of very many different ways where that plays out and is absolutely true. So what happens when either of them are off? What happens when things are so, 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 so satisfactory? You're like, do you need to change anything? I'm not going to be the one that say you need to change anything. No, you probably don't. But I will challenge you by saying, are your expectations high enough. And uh, that's something that you really have to mull over. You know, if everything is just satisfactory, if everything is just satisfactory, and that's, that's a good thing. Like, don't get me wrong. That is, I will for that to be my reality one day. Uh, But are you okay with just things that are happening? Or have you lowered your expectations so that you are okay with your reality? There are a few things there. Um, if your reality is lower than your expectations, I will challenge you by saying, are you, my dad used to tell me, are you biting off more than you can chew? Uh, which is just a simple phrase to say, listen, have you put something out there that you want, which is okay to want? Let me be clear. It's okay to want the things that you expect. But have you put those things out there and not trained your team on how to do it? Have you put those things out there and not taught your kids how to achieve it? Have you put those expectations out there and you yourself are not working on them? Because that's a big deal. Are you laying out expectations that financially you can't meet? Are you saying, wow, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I need a car. Let me go buy that BMW. Okay. Financially, that doesn't make sense because already in the current state, you're like, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. So again, we have to be mindful of where do we place our expectation and what are we doing in our realities to either match that expectation, exceed that expectation, or quite frankly, what are we doing to sort of level the expectation? 
Are we training so that we can say, listen, this is it? Or are we just saying, yep, this is just what's expected of you and just walking away? And I think there's a a level of due diligence that we need to give both. For instance, I I, I think it's very clear to tell yourself like, yes, I want to do X, Y, and Z. I think those are healthy ways to set goals. But if you tell yourself, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and there's no support system and there's no foundation and you have no roadmap and you have no plan, I think that can lead you to a path of disappointment. Why? Because there's nothing set up. You've not given yourself the time, the space, the energy, or the network to complete said tasks. And that's you over your life. So guess what happens when you stumble or you don't or things don't quite work out your way when you're trying to work towards that expectation? You get disappointed or you quit. So I think keep these two formulas in mind. This isn't the last time you will hear them. And then the next thing that people is this idea around space. Part of I, I don't often talk about this because I'm not the greatest at it. And so if any of you guys want to help me in this venture, I would love it. But this whole idea of space, how organized is your space? A lot of you guys just scoffed at me just in that moment. I hear you. I hear you. I I see you and I hear you. Hold on. Have a seat. Because I have to have a a several seats myself. Okay. How How organized is your space? And when I say how organized is your space, workspace, home space, planning space, a lot of you guys might be like, oh, I work in organized chaos. Okay. Tell that to a master organizer. They will say a shit. (laughs) Like if a master organizer walked into my workspace right now, I would probably have to call the ambulance because they probably would go into shock, right? Um, or have a heart attack or a coronary or something, right? So I, I, I think it's something to be said about your space. My organized chaos people, I see you, I hear you, I'm the same way. We've got to do better at creating clean spaces for us to think and revisit things that we want to do. We're master planners. The wheels never turn off. You go to bed, your wheels are still working and spinning. For those of you that can go to bed and have sound sleep, I envy you because again, it's not that you're not a master planner. It's just that you can have sound sleep. Me, on the other hand, I go to bed and it's like, well, dang, I'm like, my mind is still awake. And no, that's clinical for me. So it's not something that I, you know, I'm not self-diagnosing as clinic. It's been clinically diagnosed. Um, and so for that, you know, my mind is still spinning. So why can't I spend my mind and my gear into action and clean this thing up or create organized space? Well, I'm going to tell you what an organized space will do for you. And master organizers, please correct me if I'm wrong. But there's something called uh, 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 the broken window theory. And uh, this is going to segue how it's applicable. The broken window theory says that like if you go into a rundown neighborhood and you see a broken window, it is the the building and the city's responsibility to fix that broken window within 24 hours 
because people take care of clean spaces for the most part. They People understand what a clean space represents and it's not one to be bleeped with, right? You, you catch my drift? So the broken theory, window theory explains that if you do not clean up the broken window within 24 hours, you will find two more broken windows within the same radial space. And if those aren't cleaned up, then you have, it just doubles and it goes on and on and on until you have an entire area with glass on the ground. Now you have uh, uh, the risk of people cutting themselves. Now you have the risk of uh, uh, uh abandoned buildings. And, and now that's going to welcome, uh, you know, a population of people that, you know, understand that, oh, this is a place that is uncared for. Therefore, we might be able to solicit or do illicit things in this area. And so think about that broken window theory and transfer it back into your lifestyle. Can you think straight when papers are everywhere? Can you think straight when there's dirt on the floor? And I'm not just talking about little pebble crumbs. I'm talking about you haven't swept your stuff in a minute. You haven't vacuumed your carpet in over a few weeks. You haven't, and a lot of you are like, ew. But again, trust me, Jay-Z, we done been in some spaces, right? So Again, it's, you might say, ill, but really think about it. Have, when's the last time you wiped down your working space with sanitizer and cleaner and things of that nature? Again, a clean working space will allow your thoughts to thrive. Do you ever wonder why people might go into coffee shops and do their homework or why people might go into libraries and do their homework? They're like, oh, because I can't get the work done at home. Why? Because when you go home, is there a lot of clutter or organized chaos happening? And it's okay to say like, look, if I, if I took a picture and posted it, and said, this is my life right now, you guys would understand. And again, it's not because I'm living in dirt. It's just not organized. And so I will say this to you. If you are struggling with getting the motivation, try cleaning your space because this is a fun fact. A lot of um, architects, there was a study done on architects. I can't remember who did the study. Forgive me, it's early. Uh, There was a study done on architects And they found that a lot of architects uh, wanted to be psychologists. And you think, oh, really? Because they wanted to make people feel good. And that, that was what the architect said about wanting to do psychology. But the way how you have to understand human psychology was not how their brain worked. Their brain worked more scientifically, more, uh, uh, engineering based, So what they found in the study was simply that while architects didn't have the, uh, the, uh, natural ability to study psychology, they still had the engineering ability to build aesthetics for people to feel good. Understand what happens when your environment changes into open spaces or more aesthetically appeasing spaces or beautiful spaces. Guess what starts working? Your mind cuts on. Ideas start flowing. Ever go on vacation and see something beautiful 
and then you just start thinking about your whole life and you come back refreshed. Oh, you want to know what happened? You were in an environment that was different than your organized chaos. So again, I want you guys to understand some of these things as I'm coming into them on my own and trying to figure out how to master this before school starts, right? And maybe I won't be a master, but maybe again, I need to talk to someone on how I can make this happen for me with my kind of time and my kind of budget and say, hey, can I run to Ikea real quick and grab some organizing cubes and make this happen? Or can I look up some ideas on Pinterest? Or can I just call somebody to come and do an assessment and tell me how to get my life together? Because all three will work. Uh, it's just what works best for you. Um, so again, good people, that's all I have for you today. Uh, it was 30 minutes. I'm sorry it took so long. I guess I had a lot more to say than what I really thought I did. Um, and that's pretty good if I went kind of unscripted, but I had some notes. Uh, but Hey, here, listen, we have to level our expectations and engage our realities. And I'll leave that right there. I hope we can learn to do that this week. I hope we can take that into next week. I hope we can continue doing it for the rest of the year because listen here, baby, we're on the roadmap to 2020 and there's big plans there, but we got to start mapping it out now. So until this time next week, same time, same place. And I can't wait to have you guys. And as we get on for the rest of our week, let's make it a great week. And as always, let's go.